Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. Hey, Faith Walkers. Thank you for joining us on the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast, where we have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a step into their shoes. I get inspired when I see another woman succeeding, but as a mindset coach, what interests me more is her backstory and her mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Roxy Earl. She's a fashion innovator and body positive activist. She's the founder of the My Size Rocks movement, helping women feel more confident in the skin that they're in. And Roxy is the memorable reality TV star on The Real Housewives of Toronto. She was the first plus-sized cast member in the global franchise history. And Roxy has been featured on platforms like Forbes and has dressed notable names in Hollywood, such as Lena Dunham and Chrissy Metz, and launched an inclusive clothing line with Canadian fashion retailer Le Chateau, in addition to many other brand collaborations. So please welcome to the show, Roxy Earl. Wow, I, I think I need <laughs> you to introduce me whenever I walk into the room. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> I love it. That's all you, girl. It's all you. I Googled as it's much amazing as I could. when you hear your accomplishments <laughs> listed like that. You're like, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's you. <laughs> So first of all, I just want to thank you for agreeing to come on and share your story with us. I've heard you speak before and I just think you're, you're so real. You're so authentic. I love everything about you and what you put out there. So Aww. thank you. Oh, that's sweet. Thank you for wanting to chat with me. I love it. I, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing how you connect with women all over the world who are doing great things. Yes. Yes. So I love to start the show with an icebreaker question because I feel like as women, we have all of these different titles that we go by. And I feel like a title that doesn't get enough significance is our name because our names have meaning. So I'm curious, Roxy, to know if you know what your name means. No, I have no idea what my name means. Oh, awesome. Okay. So I Googled it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know. I've never even thought about it. I Googled it and it means bright or dawn. Oh, bright. Well, bright. that is actually okay, just bright. Uh, this is bright dawn. Oh, you know what? That kind of like suits me because I I often hear that I'm like a burst of positivity in people's day yes. and that I'm like super positive. And so I think that suits me. Okay, well, it's meant to be. Exactly. So every time someone says your name, they're declaring who you are. So you are the bright it. dawn of light. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take bright. We can all do with some bright, right? <laughs> love it. Love it. I always like to start at the very beginning before I get to where you are currently. So my next question to you is, what did you want to be when you were a little girl? Oh, I always wanted to be, this is so crazy, like the CEO of a fashion company. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know that sounds crazy. Like when I was a little girl, I'm like, I'm going to be like Diane von Sassenberg and I'm going to be a supermodel and a famous actress. And like, I, I didn't know what it was, but I'm not even joking. I would like lie in my bathtub at night and I would be interviewing myself by Oprah. <laughs> I would be like, I'm pretending I was like on the Oprah Winfrey show and I would be like answering her questions. I just from a very young age I've just had really big dreams and I've always been into glamour and the fabulous life and all these fabulous people and when I was young my godmother took me to her home in the south of France and and her name is Roxana which is who I'm named after Mm. and I remember she took me to the south of France and I was like hey 
this is suits me. <laughs> like I've just always had, like I was just born this way. And it's really funny because my parents are pretty bohemian and down to earth and pretty low key. But I've just always had this, like been this little girl with these big, big dreams and these lofty goals. And I just always saw myself in this like incredible world. I would read Vanity Fair when I was a kid and watch fashion television with my grandmother. Like, I love it. I me. love it. Because, you know, some, well, most times, you know, you hear women that start out wanting to be something completely different than where they are now or something that led them to where they are now. But you've always wanted to be in this industry. So I love that. Well, but I never thought it was possible. Like reality kicks in along the way. And that crippling fear of being in your early 20s and being like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? How am I going to make any money? And this concept of fashion never seemed like something I could actually do because it was just so beyond reach for me. It's mm-hmm. like the girls in fashion who worked at Vogue were like New York socialites who are kids. Like just right. like that wasn't my life. I grew up in Tobacco in Toronto. Like I, I just, that wasn't my world. And mm-hmm. so I, it seemed very far reaching and it seemed like something that like rich girls got to do. And I wasn't that girl. Like, so I had to make money coming out of university. I couldn't take an unpaid internship at Vogue. Not that anyone was offering it to me, but that just wasn't an option. That just wasn't an option for me. So I got into advertising and I loved the creative aspects of advertising, but I did it because, well, I was finding it really interesting and amazing, but also like I had taken fashion out of my even lexicon at that point because it just seems so unreachable mm-hmm. like fashion does not love a girl like me back <laughs> it just yeah. wasn't a place for me there there wasn't a girl like me in fashion so I was like there's no I'm not in this this is a world for someone not like me I wasn't pretty enough thin enough rich enough spoiled enough <laughs> I was none of those things to be able to be a girl like that's like what Blair Waldorf gets to do <laughs> So how did you become this big fashion innovator? Like share with us the story of how that came to be. Well, it helped that I was on a little TV show called The Real Housewives. (laughs) You know, that's a pretty big platform. And um, when I was on the show, it was like this amazing moment where women from all over the world were reaching out because they really like identified with my, they, they saw me and I was fashionable and really into fashion and they had never seen a girl who was, I guess, curvaceous and fabulous and owning it in that light. Mm-hmm. And so girls were asking me every single day. We were getting inundated with, like, where does Roxy buy her clothes? And who are our favorite designers? And how do I find dresses for my size that fit my hips? And so it became this very, very, very clear calling in my mind that I need to answer to these girls. Because I'm struggling with where to get all of these things. So they're certainly struggling with where to get right, all these things. Right. And not only at the time when I did the TV show, I'm like a size 14. So think of how crazy that is mm-hmm. when if a size 14 woman cannot even find clothes to wear. Right. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, time. when you look at your Instagram, I mean, I follow you. I, I see the post and you're always... No matter whether you're in, you know, a casual outfit or you're dressed up, you always look amazingly stylish. Like you said, you're curvaceous, but your outfits, they're sexy, they're they're classic, they look great. And thank you. You're welcome. And oftentimes, like I have curvy sisters and they cover themselves up with bigger size shirts and stuff like that. But I love wow. how you embrace fashion and your curves. And I think that's so inspiring. And when you spoke, when I heard you speak for the very first time at the Women of Influence 
event. And when they were basically asking, like, what do you sell? And you said, you sell confidence. I loved that. Loved that. It's true. It's true. Anyone can make a piece of clothing. I mean, some make better than others. I'd like to think mine are beautiful. But at the end of the day, I think women buy my clothes and put on my clothes, not just because they're stylish and they like them, but because they, they make them feel good to rock a brand that's doing good things in the world. That's what Luxurious Roxy is all about. And if you follow my Instagram, my handle is at Luxurious Roxy, you can see that like this is a movement to change the fashion industry because I believe the fashion industry has been the culprit mm-hmm. for making us feel terrible for all these years. So mm-hmm. I'm really doubling down on making not only clothes for women through my collaboration partners, my design partners, but also I have this voice. So I'm challenging the brands being like, look, I have this voice and you're going to listen to me and you cannot ignore me. Right. So there's kind of two parts to what I'm doing. But right. I appreciate you saying all those nice things about my clothes. It is a thousand times harder for me to be fabulous than a girl who's a size six. And that's mm-hmm. just because there isn't clothes that fit. And right. that's why I made a collection because I needed fabulous clothes. <laughs> I totally get it. And when you said that you sell confidence, knowing that you're in fashion, it made me think of when I was studying mindset and they talk about we have two images of ourselves. One, the image we hold on the outside, which is how we dress and how we show up, but the one on on the inside of how we really see ourselves on the inside and how that affects how we go out and show up in the world. And there was a study done with a doctor who removed like um, he removed he did cosmetic surgery and removed moles off people's Uh faces and things that they weren't confident about. And he noticed that some of them, there was a huge difference in their confidence once removing whatever it is that they weren't confident about. And the fact that you make people feel confident in who they are, it's not just clothing. I think it really just stuck out to me when you said you sell confidence. It's so true. And it's so much bigger than just fashion. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, a lot of people can sell dress. Yeah, like the dresses are at the end of the day, a piece of fabric sewn together. Some mm-hmm. are sewn better than others. Some wear beautiful fabrics, etc, etc. But at the end of the day, it's a piece of fabric sewn together. What I am doing is I am making a woman feel good not only by the confidence I sew into those clothes because they have my DNA all in them mm-hmm. and they're designed for women to feel good. To sh- in, like all of my clothes are designed for a woman to shine, not to cover up. And so right. much of fashion in the curvy sizes was all about hiding. It's like concealing, hiding, flattering. I'm like, what? Let's show up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why mm-hmm. I have things with sparkle and are short and are, show your arms and cleavage like I make clothes that make women feel good by showing themselves Mm -hmm. who said I don't want to show off my body and I think that like the difference is is that because it's made by me with my ethos because all the girls in the campaigns are used for my hashtag my size rocks that's how I select my my models like everything we don't photoshop things like everything that we do is designed to make a woman not feel less about herself but to feel empowered and good about herself that she wants to buy these clothes. And that's the thing with beauty and fashion. 
we've been living in an era of you're not good enough, but if you buy this, it will make you feel better. Right. And I'm right. like, no, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and you're unbelievable. And if you buy this, you're just going to be able to show off who you are a little bit more. I love how you pointed that out because everything in marketing right now makes you feel like crap. It makes you feel like you need what they're selling. You're not good enough. Yeah. So you need what they have. But the fact that you're saying you are amazing and that is why you need what I have, like that reverse psychology, I love it. Well, it's like you don't need my clothes. If you're going to wear clothes, it's amazing to support a brand that stands for the values and the morals and the ethos that you do. And I always say, be very cautious of where you put your dollars and the power you put behind people. Because when you follow somebody and when you buy their product, you are supporting them and giving them a voice and power. Yes. So be cautious of who you give your power to. I was talking about this on a podcast the other day. I was like, if you are always, um, if you continue to shop at places that say they don't want to dress women above a certain size, or if you can, you know, continue to support people who promote diet culture and all of this craziness on their Instagrams, then you're giving them power. Right. So then don't complain about how where you put your dollars, the brands you support. I believe in doing good things in the world, and I believe that I can make an income also make an impact at the same time. That's why you should support me. If you love my clothes, support me. If you don't love my clothes, don't support me. If you love my mission, support me. Like, I don't even care if you buy the clothes. Right. It's amazing. I know there's the only difference between what I do is that I do make clothes that I don't see in the market for women of my size. Mm -hmm. Because people haven't been approaching it like that. Also, I am the market. It's different when a woman who is curvaceous is designing the clothes. I'm designing them for me. Right. You don't totally like them, get I don't it. mind. If you don't buy them, I don't mind. My collections all sell out. Like I'm just, it, like it's not a problem. You you can mm-hmm. choose to do what you want to do. I'm so grateful for the women that support me, but I don't need to sell myself in that way. What right. I want people to do, my ultimate mission of why I'm doing what I'm doing, the clothes are just a way to dress somebody so that when they walk into the room, they can go and be amazing in their board meeting, or they can go be amazing on their date, or they can go be a great mom at the parent-teacher interview because their blouse fits and isn't bursting open, or because they go and their suit is actually goes below their bum. Like, <laughs> these are the things that I, this is, this is why I'm making the clothes, mm-hmm. so that women have these things that make them feel good so that when they go out into the world, they can be great. So like I said, the clothes is amazing and I'm passionate about the clothes because I absolutely have a passion for fashion, but I'm not making the clothes so that I can sell a bunch of clothes. I'm making the clothes so that women have things that literally they otherwise don't have. Like I had a winter jacket in my collection that was completely sold out because tell me how hard it is to find a winter coat that actually does up that looks good in the winter if you're above a price fall. It's mm-hmm. very hard. And so if a girl is actually freezing out there, how is she then going to go into the world and be great? Right. She's right. frozen. She hasn't even been able to do up her coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's wearing yep. a coat that doesn't fit. So yeah. It's, it yeah, sounds so simple, but it, it, about. exactly. Like I was going to say, it sounds so simple, but it's so, it's such a big deal. It's a big deal. What inspires you it's the most about what you do? a big deal a lot do? of people haven't thought about. Sorry, go ahead. Now, so what inspires you the most about what you do? Every day I open my Instagram. And every single day, girls DM me and say I've changed their life. And that's mm. what inspires me to keep going. When I'm having a bad day, when I'm having, you know, a girl message me this morning and in all cap locks, all it said is, I need you. Please don't <laughs> stop. I need you. You matter. And it was like all in cap locks. And it was like, okay, well, then that's a motivator to get out of bed and get your ass going. 
Yeah, that These affirms women, what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, they need help. Like, it's not easy out there for a curvy girl. Wow. And the thing is, it's interesting is that it's not all about women with curves. Like, my audience and the people who follow me and support me, they're women of all sizes. The clothes mm-hmm. I sell are size zero and up. Mm-hmm. I agree with you because I see a lot of the women that are even within my network follow you as well. And I see them commenting on your stuff. And they're some of them are petite women. Some of them are small. Like, you know, they're all different size, shapes, and colors. But what we love is your confidence. We love the way that all you women rock your just clothes. just want to feel good. Yes. And they're sick of being told they shouldn't feel good. Yes. And so they want to put their support behind brands that support other women. I empower other women through my success. The success that I've had thus far, I mean, success is a pretty big word to unpack because to me, it means something very different than maybe a woman listening. But with the success that I've had thus far, I am able to lift another woman up. I'm able to hire other women. I'm able to give other women a voice. I'm able to help and showcase other women's brands. I'm that's why I feature all these, when you're following me, you know this, I'm always endlessly talking about local female entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. sending me bracelets to sheets, to bags that they've made, and I showcase them. Obviously, brands pay me a lot of money to do that, but mm-hmm. if you're a local female entrepreneur and you have a product I like, I showcase it, of course. I'm happy to share it because right. it allows me, I have this voice, and then I can help lift another girl up. There's this girl, Island to Eastside. She creates these custom bags I make. She was able to quit her day job. And now this is her full-time job because I show off her bags all the time. Wow, that's amazing. It's amazing to me. That is absolutely amazing. I'm sure it wasn't all me, but (laughs) I know I played a role in it. No, I love that you do that. That's something I do as well. Like I have many, especially in Toronto, small business owners, people who are just starting out that showcase their lashes or their whatever it is that they're selling. And they don't know me. But of course, it helps their business because I'm sure I know. Exactly. I know when I was starting out, I wish I had some kind of support like that. So I know that it means a lot to the women that you do that for. That is amazing. One day, if I'm really, really successful, financially, I mean, I think I <laughs> you will are. be. Um, well, Speaking into existence. Is like in the next few years, one of my goals by the time I'm 40 is I want to be able to start a female founded fund where I invest in female founded businesses. Mm. I already Uh, do that in a small way, but I want to do that in a big way. I love that. I'm not sure if you're aware of them, but there is one that just started in Toronto called the Founders Fund. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the Founders Fund. Yes. I didn't know they were Um, in Toronto. I thought they were out of New York. No. Sheena, um, I'm having her on the podcast shortly, but she started out with Tease Tea and now with Founders Fund, but it, it helps support especially new female entrepreneurs with funding and mentorship and all kinds of resources. So yeah, I don't know if you're aware, but tell us one thing that most people don't know about Roxy. Totally self-made. So I think it's easy to assume because everybody saw me on the TV show, The Real Housewives, that um, my world is created by somebody else. I'm made easier by somebody else. And I just, it, it just, it's just like, I really just did this all on my own. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, it's, it's all my own money. It's all my own work. I did this. And so everything that I've created, I created on my own. Now my team is growing and I'm now we've created it. And I have wonderful people that work with me that help create it. But I mean, this was me. Yeah. And uh, I'm very proud of that. As you it should be. A lot of tenacity and a lot of courage and a lot of failure and a lot of hard moments. And I've just basically decided the only difference between people who are successful and people who aren't 
are A, the capacity to handle stress and carry stress, mm-hmm. and B, they just keep going. Resilience, yep. Resilience. When you were speaking on the Women of Influence panel, you told a story about, I believe it was the Bay, but you know, like you just said, the whole self-made thing, you bet on yourself, you believe in yourself and you go after opportunities that most people who, if they had stepped in your shoes, probably wouldn't have. And that's why, yeah, I believe that's definitely why, you know, you've been able to be in the position that you're currently in is you believe in yourself, you bet on yourself, you step into rooms and you're like, I, I need to be here. (laughs) You pull up a chair at the table. And people are like, who are you? And I'm like, look, I'm Roxy Earl. This is my story. I need you to listen. Right. And people listen. It's amazing how many people listen. I love that. You know, you spoke to the whole resilience piece and all of that. So, you know, share with us what adversities have you had to experience to get to where you are today? Oh, my gosh. Well, so many. I can't even. I think we need a whole other podcast series <laughs> for my adversities, to be honest. But at the same time, as I've had adversities, I, I just see my life as this huge, giant blessing with so much gratitude for it. So mm-hmm. like everyone else on earth, I've got problems um, that I have to deal with, but I try not to think about them. Mm-hmm. And I do carry more stress than people could imagine on my shoulders. I just don't make it public. Last year was the biggest year for my career yet. And it was also the year I lost my father tragically. Oh, well, you know, sorry imagine that. grieving alone. I found out my father was going to pass away and I went on live TV three minutes later. Oh, and no one would know. And it's like, these are the things I'm doing. I found out my father had cancer when I was in a hotel room all alone shooting my collection for Le Chateau. There was like 35 people on set the next day to shoot my collection. I had to get up and shoot my collection and bring Roxy Earl to the set. Right. Because that's what people are paying for. That's what people expect. That's what energy fills the room. Like, you, you can't make that stuff up. It's like yeah. the highest highs and the highest lows. Definitely the last year I've experienced my highest moments and my lowest moments all in the same year and all together. Like, mm-hmm. I'm on my way to some huge, incredible meeting in New York, and I'm having a panic attack on the plane because my grief is so intense. Right. You know, those are the things, but I have to keep going and I have to get on that plane and I have to go to work and I have to show up because it is a privilege to be able to do what I do and have the opportunities that I'm being given. But I don't think people understand how hard and tough that stuff is. And I'm doing Mm -hmm. most of it alone because you're alone. Like it's you going to work, it's you on an airplane, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends, you're away from your loved ones. Mm -hmm. And it's tough, Mm -hmm. but, (laughs) and you get through it. And everything you get through just continues to show you how tough you are. And then it all just keeps getting bigger. And your your capacity for stress, your capacity for the hard times, the good times, your capacity for the success, it all just keeps growing. I guess that's the best way to think of it. Yeah, you build that resilience muscle. Yeah, you really do. First off, my condolences about your father. I Oh, thank you. I I don't want to say I understand because I still both, I have both my parents, but my sister passed away and my grandmother that helped raise me passed away the following year. So I know what you're talking about where you're dealing with grief, but you're still having to process, especially as an entrepreneur, you still have to show up yeah. and you still have to do certain things. And so I definitely commend you for that. And you have my heart. Oh, and I'm sorry for your loss as well. It, 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 it just, it's interesting how you just, life shows you life. 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it makes your life just so much, it, like, so much more important. Mm-hmm. And, like, what losing my father showed me is it put this intense value on just living. Right. Like, yep. just the act yep. of getting up and being able to live your life, my way of honoring my father for losing his life is by living mine to the absolute fullest. And I think that that, when you have that kind of perspective, it puts a lot of things into focus and you really just go for it because you realize life is short and it can change in a second and you have to live it how you want to live it with no regret. So I just go for it. I guess that's why I'm able to walk into rooms and call up people because they just don't even, I don't really care if they say no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no fear of failure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, zero fear of failure. I love how you honor him. And I've realized a trend in all the women who have come on the show that have had loss. They have that same perspective where oh, we, wow, that's yes. And it, it's not you know, easy when, to find. <laughs> it's not, it, especially no, when you're it's grieving easier to be like, I'm un- this is unfair. Exactly. So it's but, wonderful to hear that women have been able to find that because believe me, it's easier to say this wasn't fair and poor me. Exactly. Exactly. That's just not a way I lead my life. Exactly. And all of you women and including myself, we flip that and have turned that into a legacy into honoring the people that we love by doing more in the world and making it not just about us. So I I love that you've shared that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I'm a true believer in like the most beautiful things are when you take your pain and you turn it into your purpose. Yes. And that's what I did with the housewives. Like I was in pain because I had this moment where I was being body shamed because nothing fit me and no beautiful clothes fit me. And I took that pain and I turned it into my motivation for my purpose. And I've definitely found my purpose through this experience. And I found my voice and I found my true passion in life, which is to change women's lives. And uh, it's a very, very powerful thing. People always say, you're so authentic. And I'm like, authentic? I'm just, of course (laughs) I'm authentic. This is my real story (laughs) from my heart. I'm pouring my heart and soul out here. Of course it's authentic. But I think that, especially in the world of media, there's so many phonies that authenticity really rings true and true to people. I love how you talked about you know, using your pain to birth your purpose, because that's like a common thread within the show of all the women who are helping more women and doing more. It's our pain birthed our purpose. And oh, wow. Okay, great. I'm, a, I'm glad I'm on. It's, I'm so glad you're I'm on track. track you're on track. The successful women in this world. Because <laughs> I have imposter syndrome majorly, so it's good to know. I get it. I get it. And so many women go through that. So thank you for even sharing that. Like, I'm one of those people who I'm sometimes I overshare. I'm very, I'm open with being vulnerable on social media and on the podcast. And some people are like, oh my God, how did you share that? But once you share that, you find that you're not alone. So thank you yeah, for sharing so you know, your feelings and about the imposter syndrome. Thank you for sharing how your pain birthed your purpose because women need to hear that so that they can be inspired to keep going. Well, I'm starting this podcast where women get to like call in and ask me questions. Love it. I don't know. This, I'm not, this isn't public yet, so this is an exclusive. But <laughs> um, I, yeah, like because I guess so I'm having all these like intensely powerful conversations in my DM. I'm just like, there's other women who want to hear this stuff. And like, it all kind of comes on that same theme of just being honest and real and mm-hmm. like real women giving real advice to real other mm-hmm. women, like really real successful women. That's the other thing it, yeah. in the world of Instagram. And there's a lot of people who front a lot of, yeah, they're, they're faking like, it until they make it front a lot of things. I don't mind faking it until you make it. It's just them. Don't, 
we have to be careful who we're using as our advisors and like who right. we're taking our inspiration from. And like, yes, uh, I like the idea that real women can call in and listen to the stories of other successful women who are being real and honest about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how many women are being real and honest about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, many women would say, oh, you can have it all. I'm like, let's be honest. You haven't seen your kids. <laughs> you haven't put your kids to bed. You haven't been able to put your kids to bed in like a month. And I'd rather you tell me the truth about that. And I'm not shaming for you for it in any way. I'm more saying just be honest about the fact that success takes sacrifice and it takes immense sacrifice. Everyone's sacrificing something. And yes. so, you know, I'd rather people be honest about what those things are. They are sacrificing to do the things that they're doing than just being like, you can have it all. Hashtag boss girl. <laughs> like, no. I, had, um, I had Tracy Moore from CityLine on the show and she shared. I love Tracy. I love her to bits. Yeah, but she does. shared. <laughs> She shared that for her, there's no such thing as balance. You know, sometimes she's a good mom and sometimes she's a horrible wife. Sometimes she's a great wife and some, and then it, it impacts her in her business. Like her wearing all these multiple yeah. hats for her, there's no such thing as balance. Sometimes she drops the ball on one thing, but she's learned not to make herself feel bad for it. And that made me feel better as a mom because I'm juggling, you know, three kids being an entrepreneur, trying to date, doing all these things. And it's like, I'm, oh my I, gosh, you're a single <laughs> mom of three kids running yeah. a business? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a yeah. lot. It's a whole lot juggling all those hats. And I found a formula that creates a form of balance for me in terms of keeping me sane. Sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> but her transparency of being real about she doesn't have balance. There's no such thing for her. And that no, made me feel people better. People are just completely full of shit. Yeah. Everyone's always like messaging me, being like, "You work out every day, but you never lose any weight." And I'm on like, "Are you asking kidding me? Wow, I'm surviving here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can we just applaud the fact that I got a workout in? Yeah, because most people like, didn't. Eat a, drink a green juice and then like eat a well balanced diet and like live on an airplane, take over the world, change women's lives, take on the fashion industry. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, like let's yeah. just. <laughs> and so the people are just so full of it and I see a lot of, especially in the fitness space you see a lot of, of women fronting things and you're like mm-hmm. hold on a second there's more happening to your side for sure there's for a lot sure. more going on to explain this your body than there's some amazing fitness influencers of course but there is also a lot who I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes that no one's willing to be honest about what it takes to get that body it's right. like how models are like show the pictures of them with the pizza <laughs> I'm like, I know about precisely two models who have balance. Yeah. All yeah. the other models I know, I'm going to be totally honest with you, they don't eat very much. Like, they <laughs> just simply don't eat. Yeah. Like, they eat something, but they really aren't eating a lot because yeah. they're, that's their commodity, is their thinness. And that's, and that's they're making their money. Their world. Yeah. I used to and date I'm a not, model, so I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that's. The reality. Mm-hmm. Half these they're, girls in Hollywood, I meet. The reason they're so thin, they're not eating. So the industry for them is very superficial. You you spoke about advisors talks all the time about how hungry she is. Yeah, <laughs> and she never stops talking about food because the poor girl's starving. I bet. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because, you know, I had some serious health issues this year and, you know, I've had to have surgery and I've had like multiple cancer scares and a whole bunch of stuff. And people, what they'll see me and they're like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. You look, look great. So I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. That's, what, that's why anorexia, a lot of girls were anorexic. They say I was doing harming my body and losing all this weight. And girls kept on telling me how good I looked. I was getting all this positive reinforcement. Because it's not anorexia doesn't look like anorexia until you're really underweight. Right, right. So when you stop eating or when you're bulimic and you're just losing the weight, it looks different. So it's all, it's all messed up. It's all messed up. <laughs> That's why I have so much work to do. <laughs> It's all about just doing what's healthy for you, a healthy lifestyle for you. And everyone's healthy lifestyle looks different. You spoke about advisors before and being careful, you know, who you take guidance from. So I'd like to know if you've had any coaches or mentors that have helped you along the way. Oh, man, I feel like I have. My mom is like a really amazing woman. And I get a lot of advice from her and my aunts, like within my own, you know, my godmother, my aunt, my mother, they all have like different perspectives and they're helping coach me, which is amazing. People that you know, I kind of, I often go to Michelle and Joanna, who are my two friends. Joanna owns the brand Nick, who Mm -hmm. I did a collaboration with. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she's someone I can always go and bounce ideas off of and kind of pour my heart out to about business and get business advice. And then Michelle is on Dragon's Den and she runs Clearbank. She's another friend. And I will like ask her for advice or ask her things. And there's like lots of girls who I'm just like chit-chatting with all the time and mm-hmm. we kind of support each other. And then I've got like my girlfriends. We just, we're always got like group chats where we're supporting each other. Those are, the, those are like the real mentors. I've obviously had women along the way in my career who I found to be incredible mentors, but also every day I have people, I surround myself by people who really inspire me mm-hmm. and it's really valuable because they become the sounding board. Yes. And it's just awesome. I think it's important to, you know, the peer mentorship. And like you said, the groups, it's like mastermind groups, you know, it, it multiplies it your results have to be you're so not formal. doing it on your own. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be some formal thing where you go for coffee with an executive once a month. Right. I open my text messages and I just message my friends all the time. So with everything that you are doing and all the work that you're doing, you know, to help other women and inspire and lift up and for your family, what is Roxy's self-care routine? What does your self-care routine look like? Oh my God. (laughs) That's a big question. (laughs) Okay. So it's no joke, my glamour routine, because you see that. Because I'm in, I'm a model and I'm on television. I'm doing interviews and shoots all the time. I do have like a glam squad who takes care of me, which is like such a relief because getting myself ready, you know, that's like a whole entire job as it is. The clothes, the hair, the makeup. So at least I have people handling the hair and makeup. Mm -hmm. I walk Lola every single morning, my dog, for an hour every morning. I go on a walk and I, we try to not start work. Carrie, who's on my team, tries to ensure that nobody, no meetings are booked before 10 Mm a.m., which is a huge luxury. And before 10 a.m., I'm able to take Lola on an hour-long walk and I listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. And it's just like my time. Like I walk around the city and it's my time with Lola. I love like just it's like very joyful for me to see her enjoying herself. And then I also am listening to a podcast which is like bettering myself or entertaining me or in some way. Mm -hmm. I find them really inspiring. 
And I try to work out, at, you know, as many mornings as I can. It's totally inconsistent. I'm not one of those people who can say, I'm religious about the gym. <laughs> it's like, if I can get a workout in in the morning, it's great. But though, that's the time when like before 9.30, I really try to keep to myself. And mm-hmm. then I'm like very, very zen. I keep my home serene. I light candles. I have a bath every single night. And I do all of these things to like keep myself Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's important. It's important to have that me time. And I think a lot of women forget that, especially if they're entrepreneurs and they're chasing all kinds of things. Yeah, it's a luxury, but it's a luxury I afford myself. Yeah, because you've made sure to put you first and that's important. Well, it's really weird when you have a job where you are the product. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah because like if you're not taking like care of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> not Roxanne rock zero um so like I'm, I'm like joking about myself in third person because the, it is like you are the product you are the product and so yep. I'm selling me I am the thing so people yep. are clients are paying for me they're paying for my energy my ideas my enthusiasm my positivity my look my body, whatever it is, they're paying for me to come and show up. And so I want to be able to like bring 100% to the table. And to do that, I need to take care of me. Right. And so we put my team and I put taking care of me at a high priority. Um, I've just hired my first full time employee, Carrie. Awesome. And she takes care of me. Like, she's you know I come home from a business trip and I've got to be at a speaking engagement the next morning there's a speech typed out and left on my counter Love in it. like some pretty folder <laughs> with like notes about here's what you should wear and it's like that's the help like that you need I and need a carry I think, yeah it took me a long time to get a carry I only got carry in the last two months mm-hmm. and so my point is is that I did that because I realized, A, I couldn't do it on my own, but I also observed that behind every successful woman was a bunch of other, other. women. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so they either have nannies at home taking care of their kids, they have a housekeeper, they have an assistant, they have a right-hand person, they have people on their team, and it's like, there's all these people taking care of that person so that person can like bring in the big work yep. and support yep. all those other people. And but yeah, it's different when your brand and your business is you. Yep. Not everyone has that. A lot of people are selling a product and they can, they don't have to show up in the same capacity that I do. I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying it's really different. Right. So that's why I invest so much time in myself. Like any other business, it would be completely self-indulgent to not go to work till 10 a.m. In my world, it's like, no, if I don't work out in the morning, if I don't make time for my nails, like, oh my gosh, the nail and champagne part, do my nails. They've been doing my nails for (laughs) three years. They come to my house and do my nails while I'm on conference calls and meetings. And then sometimes I'm asleep on my couch and they're just doing my nails because you don't think about it, but it's like getting your nails done, getting your hair colored, getting blowouts, getting spray tans, all getting facials, all of this is necessary and mandatory in my job right right. for other people they're like that's just such a luxury and I don't doubt it's not it it is a luxury get me don't get me wrong but (laughs) it's like I have to do this because I can't go to work and have my nails checked right because I'm taking a photo of me and so I have all of these people and 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 Eliza who owns the nail shaming part I have all of these people supporting me looking out for me, taking care of me, that I've able to lift them up and their businesses up. And so 
yeah, I guess that's the truth behind it. Is there's a lot of people talking <laughs> to me, and it as takes my world a, it grows takes a village. more demanding, it <laughs> takes a village. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally. I um, have kids to take care of, like in the same capacity that you do, and in the same. You can way. borrow so mine anytime. <laughs> no, it's not bad. It's more that I just like. I know I don't have it so hard. I'm in an indulgent part of my life where I get to focus on just me, but uh, it's challenging. I get it. I totally get it. (laughs) So there's this question that I like to ask all the women that come on the show because I came across this article in Reader's Digest and I thought it was fascinating. And so far it's been on point. So it's no surprise. You're a bevy of information about this. (laughs) So it's no surprise that I'm obsessed with stilettos, hence the entire brand. But it, um, the article is saying that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. My question to you, Roxy, is what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it like a high heel boot, a running shoe, a stiletto, a flip flop, a pump, a mule, a boot? So I love fabulous flats. Mm-hmm. I run around the city and I try to get my steps in. So I mostly live in flats. I mean, I love a good stiletto. Do not get me wrong, but I spend my <laughs> days in like really cool boots, really cool flats, running shoes, like cool trainers. I spend my day in that because I live in the center of the city and I like to walk as much as I can everywhere as much as I possibly can make it happen because I love getting my steps in. Right. Okay. So would I don't you know what say that, that says about me. <laughs> well, well, okay. So would you say that you're more of a running shoe person or just flats? I live in a lot of running shoes. Running shoe fans are goal-oriented. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So it says, if you're someone who enjoys fitness challenges, takes your New Year's resolutions to heart, and has been known to go the extra mile with a label maker, you bet you prefer a running shoe. This is someone who's very confident, very goal-oriented, and very organized. They really illustrate no, the... No, I'm not so no? safe. <laughs> so they really illustrate the idea... I'm goal-oriented and confident, but not organized. Okay, so she's wrong there. So they really illustrate the idea of multitasking, taking care of everything, and being everywhere. Yeah. Does that sound like you? Okay, I'm not. Yeah? I'm all, yeah, I am, I am some of those things. <laughs> I might be a flat person. Mm. No, I, I actually yeah. get annoyed when I see people in ballet. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I see all these girls in New York running all over New York in a ballet flat. I'm like, you might as well be wearing slippers. <laughs> I'm like, a, I love a biker boot. I love biker boots. I love combat boots. I wear like cool boots with a lot of stuff. Mm. If there's like a cool Jimmy Choo biker boot, that's my girl. Maybe it's like a hot, you know what? I understand what you're getting at with me, but I'm a (laughs) multidimensional woman and I cannot be put into a box. You cannot be boxed in. I have hundreds of shoes. (laughs) Sparkly stilettos. The one thing that all my shoes do is they're sparkly and cool and fashionable. I love it. I love it. So before we go to the final questions, can you just tell everyone where they can stay connected with you online? Yeah, at Luxurious Roxy are all my handles. TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everything is Luxurious Roxy. Perfect. So I will have those in all of your handles in the detail section below your episode so they can just click and follow you directly. The final segment of the show, I call it a walk in her wisdom, where it's just simple reflection questions that you answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, go for it. All right. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? It would say my size rock. It would be in the heart of Yorkville because that's my town. 
I'm definitely a Yorkville girl in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And it would be me with an army of my followers of all of us in bikinis. Love it. What have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? Toxic people, mm. people who take from you or people who don't give you anything you need out of life. Love it. I also wow. don't go to events. <laughs> <laughs> I say no to a lot of PR events. Like PR <laughs> girls are like, oh, she never comes to anything. I'm like, I say no to a lot of PR events. I'm like, look, I don't have time for this. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to thank you so much, Roxy, for sharing your story and all of your gems with us. You are absolutely amazing. You are a beautiful person inside and out. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate you. So sweet. Thank you for having me. <laughs> that was and, really fun. Awesome. Awesome. I love hearing that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to all of you faith walkers out there, until next time, subscribe to our newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and grab one of my personal development books available online everywhere. And if you received value from today's show, please share it with a friend that needs to hear Roxy's story. Be sure to screenshot this week's episode and tag us on Instagram at luxuriousroxy and myself at the real Makini Smith. And continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling. Love that. Thank you.